And good morning. My name is Karen Wright. Thanks for joining me here on a Minnesota morning. I've got my dear friend Barbara Lampson on the phone. And Barbara, it's cold, it's windy, it's kind of yucky out there, but you and I are thinking gardening this weekend. Yes, we are. And hey, Karen, it, we have to say Monday and Tuesday were very nice days. As a matter of fact, it was so nice. We brought out our gas grill. Oh, my. And we grilled, <laughs> and it was wonderful. I mean, it was just a taste of summer. But then Tuesday, we put yeah. it back away again because the weatherman was saying it's going to get colder. He was right. And then last night, we had that ice. But um, we did see some water puddles, uh, which was nice in place of the snow. And we did have melting of snow on the roof. And we have some patches of snow around the trees that have melted, which brought me to the, um, I had remembered that I was going to do some pruning, and I hadn't gotten that done yet. And the, the two trees that I really need to prune now during this dormant period are the flower and crab. It gets water suckers, oh, and yes. uh, they have to really be pruned off every year. You really can't let that go. And now, if people want to know what a water sucker is, water suckers are those uh, branches you see on a branch that's more horizontal that go straight up. They're like at a 90-degree angle, and they're basically kind of worthless. They don't really produce anything, and my pear tree has a ton of those, so I've got to do that too, Barb. Yeah, and you know, the thing of it is, they're using the nutrients of the soil, yep. Plus, they prevent air circulation, and all of these fruit trees really do need good air circulation. But when we had so much snow, it wasn't safe to put a, a stepladder no. on the ground because you want to make sure uh, that you have a, a secure basis. It's not something that's slippery or it's not something that's uneven. So if you haven't got a secure place to place your stepladder, you're just going to have to wait a while longer yet. Now, the other tree that needs to be pruned is the uh, Japanese um, tree maple. Uh, maple? Uh, tree lilac. Oh, tree lilac. lilac. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Yes. And, and that, um, I'm trying to shape it, and... Uh, it gets heavier growth towards the center, and I'm trying to eliminate, not eliminate branches, but eliminate some of the twigs coming off from the branch. So here again, we have good air circulation. So those two require a stepladder, and um, if, you know, we'll have to try the ground and see how well that is, but, but it looks like that would support a ladder without, and it would be nice and even. Now, the other thing is this um, dogwood that I have in my backyard, which is probably, now this is the dogwood shrub. This is probably, I mean, everything is older in my yard. Mm -hmm. It's like me. It must, be, <laughs> it must be at least 30 years old. And Like the, you. The, the main branches that go up, uh, they no longer get this beautiful red bark on them that that you have. That's why you grow that tree, that shrub, because it looks so beautiful in the wintertime with that red bark. <coughs> Excuse me. So um, I have been training a couple of other uh, shoots coming up so they can take the place of that. So I want to take this great big one out and then have these younger ones 
because they will give me this red color that I want for years and years to come. So one more thing to do. Uh, it's not too early. My neighbor, Mrs. J, reported that um, the deer are back jumping her fence, getting in her yard. She has one that goes on the other side of her fence beside the neighbor's metal shed where the sun is shining and sleeps in the afternoon. Can you imagine that? Yes. Deer do everything. Yeah, they don't care. Well, I have this French pink pussy willow, and as soon as it starts getting uh, buds on it, they are up here eating on it. Oh. So that's going to have to get some of this uh, uh, sticky stuff that you put on it to keep keep them away. They don't like the smell. And I'm just going to have to bo- bite the bullet and get out and, and get that on before they start eating it. So those, those things I have to do this weekend. And uh, also, you know, what a joy watching the birds and the uh, squirrels. And now with the snow, um, the the birds are the uh, squirrels. They have planted all over my yard um, these peanuts that we put out. And uh, now they're digging them up. And they will dig. Their head is buried in the snow. And they'll come up with a peanut. And they will just sit right there. And they'll just eat and chomp away. Well, at least they're entertaining, if anything, if not irritating, at least they entertain you, Barb. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That is so true. Absolutely, I agree. Um, I also wanted to um, uh, mention just a little bit, um, you know, we've talked about rain barrels, and, you know, mm-hmm. we're both very big on collecting rain. and Pro-rain barrel, yes. And I, I had time this week. And I researched several sites to find out, um, can we um, water with uh, the rain that comes off the roof uh, from your asphalt shingles? And, you know, there's, there's not a lot of definitive research that's been done. Well, you can but, for landscape plants, but I know I've heard they recommend not to do your things you're going to eat. Now we find out that's not true. And I I read this study from uh, Washington, which came from the Department of Ecology. They did a very extensive uh, uh, study there, and also Seattle, and then uh, the University of Minnesota. And what they're saying is this, Karen. There are um, several of these uh, uh, minerals and things that are on our roof that mm-hmm. we don't want. And what we usually see are uh, arsenic, uh, uh-huh. cadmium, copper, lead, zinc, and PHASs, and that's that plastic particles that are in the air. And when they do these studies, and, and what they have to do is um, they grow vegetables in different areas, they isolate them, and then they simulate what the rainwater is going to be, and then they water with them, and they measure um, these different uh, metals that are in the soil. But here's the most important part. Does the plant take them up, and do they get into the vegetables? And, um, and, and that's where you find out if it's going to be safe to use. And for the most part, the University of Minnesota said that the plants are very good 
at taking up the uh, nutrients from the soil that they need. So the, the plant itself, the roots, are your first defense uh, in them not getting into the fruit or the vegetable. Um, the other thing is um, if you want to be safe, you should have uh, with your uh, system on your roof where you're, you're diverting your water, you're taking it off from your uh, eave, and you're putting it into a rain barrel, you need to have a diverter. And what the diverter does is the first rainwater that's coming off the roof does not go into the rain barrel. It's diverted oh. away. And the reason for that is you also have E. coli, mm-hmm. which is... Bird um, poop, etc. That's it. That's the bird doo-doo. And so that's rinsed off. And then this diverter shuts off that um, channel that was channeling that water. And then it channels it into your rain barrel. And quite frankly, I don't know how these diverters work. Uh, it, it certainly can't be something that you do mechanically because you wouldn't be around when the rain is happening for the yeah. most part. And the other thing is, who wants to go in a rainstorm? And how much <laughs> washing of the roof do you need to do? But this, uh, for the most part, the University of Minnesota said, uh, this is safe. You should use some caution then and do not water the leaves. Uh-huh. Water directly into the ground, into the soil around the plant. That's one thing. Well, that's good and, advice anyway. So, I mean, that that's, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And also, um, uh, uh, wash the fruit or vegetables, always. And we always do that yeah. before you bring them in. So, <clears throat> for us, Karen, that we stand out in the garden and we eat our tomato berries, uh, <laughs> maybe we need to Rinse wash them, them first. <laughs> oh, and, yeah. And I have ordered... Uh, from the university, uh, and Kelly's uh, copying this up for me, a complete report which shows each one of these metals, parts per million, and what the recommendation is. And I, I read it yesterday online, and they were all safe, but I will get a hard copy of that. And um, uh, I would suggest to our listeners, if they're concerned about this, uh, you can go to the University of Minnesota Extension, and you can ask for the bulletin 1218. That's bulletin number 1218. It's several pages, and um, pick that up at the uh, uh, Extension office here in Mankato. Well, thanks so, for sharing that. That's great new information, and uh, you know that that's good to know. I'm because uh, you know what we're we're big proponents, so I'm glad to to hear that. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to say one thing. So asphalt, they said, this is safe. The one thing they didn't recommend putting a rain barrel and collecting water from was wooden shingles. Oh, why is that? Well, because it, it, uh, the surface, um, it absorbs more because oh. it's, it's, it's a porous surface on, sure. that, on that shingle. That's wood. So, and and you're, you're getting more. So... Um, uh, that that was the one thing they said to avoid. I wonder if metal roofs would be good because... Excellent. Because Excellent. you wouldn't have anything you're really picking up on, I don't think. Well, see, again, you have to do the diverter thing uh, because of the E. coli. Right, you know? right. So, but <clears throat> here's the thing. Uh, we need this information for the, for the future, and so 
we'll we'll get the, the all the statistics and how they measure these things metal by metal and uh, um, you know one person said well this might be safer than than the water that you're drinking because a lot of your water nowadays comes out of rivers and then it's it's cleaned up mm-hmm. but personally um, um, you don't drink this this is this is right something that you're using outside in the garden. Well, you know, Barb, from my rain barrels, I have enough other plants to, to water with the rain barrel rain, so I, I just to be safe, I do use the stuff that's not from right. the, the rain barrels. So, you know, but if you got enough, I guess, hey, you know, it's good to know that that's an option. Sure, and, and it's good to continue to to uh, collect rainwater and, um, it, it, because we have a finite amount of water in our aquifers that we can use so it i wouldn't i wouldn't suggest that people quit using it i'd say you know continue to collect water do you remember did you ever live on a farm site where they had a cistern and uh water was you know had you had the downspout coming and it went into the basement and and there was a cistern underground no no we didn't we never had that we just had a well and we never had anything like that so no well, we never had anything like that that we ever used. We had one farm that had that, but we had, you know, good source of water and we never used it. But I guess in days of old, when mm-hmm. wells weren't that great, people would run out of water. And so they did put in cisterns like that into uh, the ground. They were all cement and they cleaned them once a year. And yeah, which incidentally, um, in this report, it did say the importance of washing your, your rain barrels out, and that's at 10-1 bleach. So it's 10 parts water to one part bleach every spring before you put them up. See, so, last time, last time uh, in the past, I've been able to pressure wash them out in the fall, but I didn't get to that this year, so I'll be doing that this spring to, before we get started. Sure, sure. So uh, some good information. Um, <clears throat> now I've been cruising my uh, catalogs again, and I just wanted to check with you. Is our favorite tomato the tomato berry? Yes, it is. Okay, well, I was surprised that the seeds this year are four seeds you get in a packet. What? Just four? Are you kidding me? No, four seeds for oh my. $2.95 plus shipping, which is about oh. six bucks. You know, in the past, I think it was at least 10 or 15 so... They've really, I mean, you yeah. really, honestly, you only need one or two tomato berry plants and you'll have enough for yourself for the whole summer. But, yeah. I mean, still, you and I have, have split packs of right. seeds, but, I mean, really, that's not really much to split. Yeah. And, oh. and it's such a lightweight thing. Yeah. You would think that postage and handling wouldn't be that much. You could just put it oh. in an envelope, four seeds, that's it, you know. Oh, my gosh. But, hey, yeah. Speaking, of, seeds, speaking of seeds, Barbara, I'm going to plant seeds this weekend, and people say, what, are you crazy? Well, it's winter, there's snow out there, but it's time to start planting some seeds in terms of what's called winter sowing. And I did this for the first time last year, and I believe you've done this before. I did it with peas last year. You use a milk jug, so I've been collecting milk jugs, plastic milk jug, and you cut it nearly in half, just leave a, a, a attachment at where the handle is so you can like flip it back so it's like a little mini greenhouse take the cap off and then you fill it about three to five inches of of soil moist soil in there and then you put your seeds in according to the directions so i'm going to be doing my pink dandelion seeds in there because they're a perennial i'm going to put my hardy hibiscus seeds in there they're another perennial 
Wow. And and so th- then you you put them in there, and then you take and you close the top of you know you, you fold it back up so it looks like the normal bottle, and then you take duct tape and you tape it so it's it's together, but leave the uh, lid off, and then you just put it outside in. Like probably leave the a cap off, right? The cap. Leave the cap off. Yep. So it has a chance to get moisture and doesn't get heat up because it's like a little greenhouse. And sure. then what you do is you you don't want to put it in a hot place. You want to put it. You know, I'll probably put it on the the east side or uh, where where it'll get some sun, but it won't bake because you know we do get some warmed up days. And then um, add water to the soil so it's you know nice and moist. Uh, plant the seeds. And then label the container so you know what's in it. So maybe some use a permanent garden marker for that. And then, like I said, you duct tape it closed without the cap. And then you take it outside and then uh, you make sure to poke a few holes in the bottom for drainage because you need it still to drain in the bottom. And then you set the container down outside. It can sit in the snow, can sit on the patio or anywhere else that's not in direct sunlight. And so they say a north or maybe a east exposure is best. And then it's it's using Mother Nature, really, because Mother Nature kind of knows when how, how it does its job. And so because I don't have a lot of space in the house and a lot of lights and that sort of thing, I'm going to do this. And I did this last year with peas, and I started on probably more like March. Um, but it says anywhere from now until um, March is a great time, it says, to set out your winter sowing of tomatoes and peppers, which I've never done that, which I oh. might try because I've got, <clears throat> you know, I, I do have some packets of seeds that have more than I'm going to use. But and once those plants start to sprout, you can't just ignore them, though. You've got to make sure to open the containers on the warm days. And if the nights will be frosty, you close the containers up again in the evening and make sure to keep them watered so they don't go dry. And then when your soil is ready in the garden, and then you can, or, you know, maybe you're going to plant it in a, a raised bed or a container. Then you go transplant your winter sown plants and they will have been hardened off already because they've been outside. And the nice thing is, like I said, no grow lights, no heating pads, no damping off, <laughs> no spilled trays of dirt, uh, lots of plants. And I actually just saw a video on this and was reading on the University of Minnesota Master Garden site just to make sure this would work in Minnesota because the gal that did the... Um, the video was from somewhere else and I thought well I better double check to make sure and sure enough this is something that I'm going to do I had good luck with the peas so I had very early peas and then what happens you can start those peas early and then in the garden I can start some directly so I have a a continuing crop for longer so that's what I'm going to be doing this weekend Barbara well you know let me just I don't want to rain on your parade here Uh but (laughs) peppers and tomatoes I mean those are hot weather. Well, but yeah, that's when I saw that one. And this was on the U of M site. So that one kind of right. su- surprised me. But I thought, well, I'll try it. But you're right. They like to be put out. Uh, in fact, I wouldn't normally inside wouldn't start those till probably April. April 15th would yes. be the date. And <clears throat> they like the soil temperature to be at least 60 degrees when you put them out. Right. Now, if you're putting them into a raised bed, and if you use something like black plastic to put down to heat up that soil, that would help. Mm-hmm. But you have to remember, it's going to be that cool air at night that sets them back. So yes. I would say, you know, that would maybe be a great way to do lettuce, radishes. Um, Beets. Uh, peas, yeah, those kinds of and, things. And the coal crops, like the, the broccolis, yeah. the kohlrabi, all those sorts of things. Right. The other thing is when you start so early and they start growing, if they get so tall and leggy, um, that really isn't um, an easy 
uh, plant to transplant. No, and you're talking inside because that's when they were going to get the tall and leggy outside. I think I'm going to be okay if I start yeah. these because they're... Well, when it starts, if you if you have sunlight yeah. and that's plastic and oh. it starts up in there, they might grow faster than what you thought. So I wouldn't put all my seeds out doing that. If I was going to do transplants, I would start some the traditional way too, just well, so you're not disappointed. Well, that's what I've, I figured, in, but I thought, you know, since <laughs> I don't have the space, I'm going to try this, and if it works, great, and you know how in, well, in your case where you mentioned the tomato berry with four seeds, you don't have enough seeds, but most of the time you have enough seeds that you're not going to use them all that you can maybe <clears> take <throat> a chance and experiment a little. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. It's um, We're just itching to be doing gardening and uh, this week again I went through all my house plants and and I cleaned the soil uh, sometimes with house plants you have leaves that fall mm. down into the soil you want to keep that really clean you don't want to uh, have things uh, decomposing on the soil that just invites problems whereas in nature that's what you want. I mean, things, as long as the leaves are the foliage coming off, as long as it's healthy, you want to leave it there and let it decompose, but not in the house with house plants. No. I must say, too, just just a word about uh, plants, if you're buying them now for, for Valentine's Day, uh, be sure you've got a, uh, something warm to put your plant or your uh, cut flowers into. Uh, when you walk from the store to your car or even in your car, is that what you're going to say? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or you're exactly. going to, or I've seen people, they'll bring these plants, beautiful plants they get in the store and they don't understand why they look terrible. Well, it's because even sometimes just from the store, walk into your car, or if you leave it in the car just for a little bit, it sure. freezes. And I mean, a lot of those, especially house plants, a lot of them are tropicals and they, you're going to kill them. And, or even with your cut flowers. So you sure. got to make sure. To, and you'll, you'll notice that a lot of the greenhouses, they'll wrap them with a lot of a big bag with air to keep the air around them warm and that sort of thing. Some of them do. But some of them, um, if you go to maybe a, a grocery store and you're uh, buying there, they don't. So true. just bring something extra. And then make that your last stop of the day and go right home with them. And when you get them home, don't wait to put them into water. If this is cut flowers, um, go right to the sink and recut the stem. Whether it's uh, roses or tulips or daffodils, uh, uh, any kind of a plant, just recut it. You can cut it at an angle and put it into not hot water, but tepid water, and, and then dissolve the uh, food that they give you with the blooms. Um, dissolve that in there and keep them out of direct sunlight. Uh, you think, well, they need sun. No, they don't. They absolutely do not. They'll just burst into bloom and be done. But uh, the best chance of keeping your plants alive is how you handle it after you get them. It's not what's happened at the nursery. So right. remember and, that too. And you also look at some, sometimes you, I've gotten flowers before where they don't last because maybe they, they're they a little older when you get them too. And that can be a, a factor that you can do all <laughs> you can. But if they're, maybe they've had them sitting on the shelf a little longer in the cooler, um, if they die quickly, that could be a factor as well. So when the bloom has burst open and it's really wide open, it's not going to last as long as if you get um, a bloom that's in its it's more of a tight um, bud state so it gradually opens up for you at home 
just look at that. They don't always look as charming in the store, but they do last longer when they come in that. They can't be a real tight bud either. They have to be showing color. Yeah, like, I mean, things like tulips and things like that, you don't want those open when you get them because otherwise you'll be disappointed because they won't last very long at all. Yes, right, right. And, gee, what a nice thing for somebody to bring you a bouquet of flowers now when it's so cold and nasty (laughs) out, you know. We're so lucky to have so many sources of of uh, getting flowers and plants and and they can be delivered to your home or you can pick them up it just it's just we're really very very fortunate here so barb have you ordered any more things from catalogs remember i told you i'm not ordering anything else now guess who convinced me that i ha- i should order some more it wasn't me <laughs> no my husband he said look at this thing in the mail and there's this it's and I've got these already they're called freedom roses and they are so hardy they're beautiful they're there's orange there's coral there's pink there's red there's yellow and it's it's a five pack of what they call freedom rose it's a sampler and I have this and I've had this for a number of years just great flowers and um, normally you get the five for $139 well they had a special five of them for $39 and my husband goes you can't not get these <laughs> wow well you know the thing about roses you want to look and see what the root size is and what the age of it is. You don't want to get end up getting some little twiggy thing, and you want something that's got some nice growth on it. I mean, oh Barbara, these are these are small though, because I did get these when they were small before. But man, they just grew. You know, certain roses are are maybe. This one, this is a kind with very few problems at all. So in this case, they do come in little twiggy four-inch pots. But man, they the whole summer they they grew, and for summer, you know, they had flowers. But then the next few, they're just blooming, booming. So sometimes you do get what you pay for. I get that too. But if you have patience, you yeah. can do it. And and if you have the right place for them, you improve your soil. And roses like good air circulation, and they like full sun. So if you have the right place for them and you have the right time, you know, it's a nursery type thing that you're doing here. They're young. They're just coming out of the nursery and they're going into your garden and you need to baby them along. Barbara, the problem is I don't have a place for them. But so, so my husband, I said to my husband, I said, so, so, okay, I don't have really have a place for them. He goes, well, we'll make some more space. Oh, bless his heart. I know. What a great <laughs> husband. I can't ask for a better. So, anyway, so delightful to talk with you as always. We're going to chat with you again next week. Until then, uh, have yep. a good weekend doing the things, all those things you need to do. Okay. Thanks a lot, Karen. Thanks, Barbara. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right. You are listening to a Minnesota Morning on the Maverick at KMSU Radio 89.7 FM in Mankato and KMSK 91.3 FM in Austin online at KMSU.org. Broadcasting from the campus of Minnesota State University, Mankato. Big ideas and real world thinking.